I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can now support Ghost Maps on Patreon. Simply look for We Are Huntu or click the link in the description. Ghost Maps. Entry 91. Phnom Penh, Cambodia. I should be waiting for my next interviewee at this coffee shop in Haugang. It's the Hungry Ghost Month and I've scheduled a few conversations for tonight. This is, after all, a very busy time of year for me. When the barrier between the spirit world and our own is very thin, more people are inclined to share their stories. Instead, however, I'm at another table, speaking with one of my previous interviewees, a young man named Keith. Keith now works with an organization that deals with things from beyond the veil of the ordinary. I've consulted with them before on a case so I assume that he wants me to take a look at another. Are you looking for more work? He asks, leaving me a little taken aback. I tell him that I'm not. He seems disappointed. The uh, organization is expanding into new territories and they are looking to hire people on a more long-term basis. He says, I thought that since you and I worked well together before, you might be interested. I explain that what I do isn't really a job, and anything beyond the occasional consult will take me away from this. I tell him firmly that I'm flattered though, but this sounds like a journey he's going to take on his own. He nods and smiles though I can tell he's slightly disappointed. Okay, well... He starts, but is interrupted when a man in his early thirties approaches us. I'm here for the ghost story, the man says, a little hesitantly, even after I've introduced myself. I tell Keith to stick around, then lead my interviewee Back to my table. The man's name is Edward. He's an engineer, and like all my interviewees tonight, he has the third eye. The difference between Edward and the rest of the people I'm speaking with, however, is that he's more fascinated by it than frightened. I'd be lying if I said that it didn't scare me at all, of course, he says. And I guess I've been lucky. Most of the spirits that I've seen haven't really even paid any attention to me. 
when he was younger, Edward used to jog through a cemetery at least once a month. He tried to make eye contact with any entities wandering around, explaining that he thought it would have been nice to use his abilities to help the dead. But for the longest time, none of them seemed to even acknowledge his presence. Until he took a trip to Cambodia with his partner in 2012. I take this as my cue and switch my recorder back on, then ask him to start from the beginning. Edward's partner James couldn't understand why he wanted to visit the Killing Fields. The pair were planning their itinerary for an upcoming holiday in Phnom Penh when Edward had suggested visiting the tragically historic site. James knew Edward possessed the third eye, so the whole thing seemed like such a terrible idea to him. Truth was that I didn't even think about ghosts initially, Edward says. It really was that history that drew me to it. Considering that none of the spirits he'd seen up till that point had engaged him, he wasn't particularly worried either. Eventually, James relented and they scheduled a visit to the Killing Fields on the third day of their vacation. The site itself was sobering and haunting, more than either man could adequately comprehend. There were times when I felt I couldn't breathe, Edward says. It was equally eye-opening, though, to discover the full story behind such a horrific period of the country's history. Strangely enough, though, Edward didn't see any spirits at the site itself. Not one. By the time they returned to their small but comfortable hotel room that evening, both Edward and James felt emotionally exhausted. They decided to order in some room service, then call it an early night. We initially planned to visit some temples the next morning, Edward says. But we clearly underestimated how much the killing feels would take out of us. It didn't take long for them to fall asleep, but it wasn't going to be a peaceful rest for Edward at all. I was dreaming, Edward tells me, his voice dropping to a whisper. I I know I was dreaming, but it felt like I was wide awake. At some point that night, whether awake or asleep, Edward found himself standing on his bed, looking down James. His partner was fast asleep. Edward tried to wake him, but James 
didn't even stir. That was my first clue that something wasn't right, he says. James is a seriously light sleeper. Suddenly, Edward grew aware of being watched. He turned around and saw that they weren't alone in their room. Impossibly, their bed was seemingly surrounded by hundreds of people. Frail elderly, women, some with child, and young children. There were so, so many, yet somehow they all fit into the room, Edward says. They were all aglow in a pale blue light, and they all looked incredibly sad. One by one, each of them started to reach out a hand to Edward, as if asking for help. A young boy at first, then an old woman. Soon, they were rushing forward, pressing against the bed with their arms outstretched. Their sad expressions were replaced by desperation, fear, and anger. A fear that Edward shared as he tried desperately to wake James up, when he still couldn't rouse his partner, he turned back to the people, now scrambling onto his bed and pleaded with them. I'm sorry, he said, tears streaming down his face. I'm sorry, I, I can't help you, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. As their hands started to grasp weakly at his flesh and his clothes, Edward shut his eyes. One last time he whispered, I'm sorry. Then all but one pair of hands lifted off his body, and he could hear James calling out to him. Edward opened his eyes, and their room was filled with sunlight. James looked at him with a worried expression. He'd been trying to wake me up for the last two minutes, Edward says. I was apparently crying in my sleep. Edward takes a deep breath, then offers me a smile. It's not that I don't want to help them anymore, he says, his tone back to what it was earlier. It's just that I've learned that if they want my help, they'll ask. But then, he adds softly, and that sometimes, maybe, I'm 
not the right person to help. I nod and reassure him that his intentions are good, but some things about the spirits are just beyond our understanding. He thanks me, and then gets up to leave, and I wave Keith over. If you want to discover more of Southeast Asia's other side, subscribe now and follow us on social media. You can also be one of our supporters on Patreon. Look for We Are Hantu or click the links in the description. Ghost Maps is a Hantu production created by Kyle Ong and Wayne Ray with art direction by Jolene Lim and recorded on Audio-Technica Mics.